This is No Expectations, the podcast where we have unedited, lively conversations about spirituality, Zen Buddhism, holistic living, and everything in between. My name is Andrew. I'm a lifelong Zen Bodhisattva. It sounds much more fancy than it really is. A part-time tracksuit tailor and an author. This is my buddy, Jen. What's up? I'm Jen. Um, I love a good cup of coffee, a long walk in the woods at a comfortable, moderate pace. And um, I love having these conversations about kind of living life with no expectations. Me too. Let's jump in. Namaste, Jen. How are you today? Good morning, Andrew. I'm good. Um, How are you? I am fantastic. It, It is cold outside, rainy, typical January in Atlanta. And um, I think it's kind of bringing me down a little bit. Oh, man, it is so moody out there. It's hard not to feel moody inside. Oh, inside what, our body our or bodies. inside this room? Uh, uh, this room is a little depressing, but it's fine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not because I'm in here, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. You are a bright ray of sunshine <laughs> in my depressing I, <laughs> day. I get that a lot. Um, yeah, so... It's uh, it's hard to to motivate on cold and and rainy days to get out of bed and like, you know, and then that kind of maybe turns into some other things, right? Like if we continue to just lay in bed and we get that seasonal affect disorder, mm-hmm. it's like oh, I just want to do anything. Do and anything. The hard part for me is changing out of my comfy sweatpants, yeah, into either workout clothes or clothes that push have me buttons into on being them? in the buttons and zippers. <laughs> I refuse. <laughs> Yeah, baby steps. Uh, start small, Jen. So, <laughs> it's so hard to like motivate yourself when you know everything outside is saying you know shut down and hibernate right. and stay in. And yeah, because I usually enjoy hiking in the mornings, and it's like thirty-two degrees, and it's you know dark gray outside, and I'm like oh, I need to go do this, but it takes you know this Herculean effort to get out of bed to put the clothes on to go do that. So. Um, I think just kind of piggybacking off what we were talking about in the second segment of last week about, you know, negative self-talk. And I think if if we get stuck in these bad patterns, then we start to find other bad patterns of like talking to ourselves in negative ways and start like, oh, I'm no good at this. I can't, you know, and that just is a pile on effect. And we need to work on that. I know I need to work on it. Today's one of those days um, like, you know, like I'm out looking, you know, at uh, my book sales, you know, and like looking at reviews and kind of just doing that little thing that you I have do. You a book? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yes, I do. <laughs> Actually, I have two books. We should bring you on as a I guest. I know. I, should, I would be amazing <laughs> as a guest on No Expectations, the podcast. Uh, man um, of many hats. So, you know, there's, there's a couple days a week that I spend just kind of like, you know, looking at what's going on with the books, at sales, and, you know, kind of looking at those things. And, you know, somebody left me a three-star review out of five today. And for some reason that stung. Oh, wow. That really stung me. And um, I was like, wow, you know, and I started to like construct these negative thoughts in my mind, like, oh, you know, maybe you're just not a very good writer, or maybe they didn't get it. Maybe, you know, maybe it was too highbrow for them, (laughs) you know? So for the last uh, hour or so, I've been like kind of ruminating on that and it it kind of bums me out. Like, why am I doing this to myself? Does it really matter? No. So um, trying to take some of my own advice from last week and apply it to now and going, okay, 
maybe that's the kind of grist you, you know for the mill that you need to kind of work through it. Mm-hmm. Not everyone should love everything you do. Yeah. I mean, I think the what we do here is probably not digestible for everyone either, right? I agree. Yeah. So art divides an audience. So I'm just a little bummed out I, today. Well, I think that's the the creative part of your brain talking, right? Because mm. when, when you're creating, you're excited and you you know you're pouring your passion into this art that you're creating, and for someone to come and and tell you that your art wasn't as beautiful as you thought it mm. was when you put it out there, it kind of feels like a like this. Yeah, but you have to remember that you didn't create the art. For them, for that person, right. you created it because it was inside you and you wanted to get it out. Because it needed to come out and that was the vehicle to come out. So I agree with you 110%. Okay. So maybe you need to work on shutting that ego part of your brain. How dare you? <laughs> Wait, Andrew has an ego? Let me tell you about who I am. Okay? <laughs> me, I. <laughs> so um, just we're on the same page. Even even the host of this podcast's now, this podcast uh, struggles with, you know, some negative self-talk. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. And so I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to power through this, do the best I can. Mm-hmm. Also, in, in, in another note, so as we continue to talk ab- uh, about a different topic this morning, I was talking, uh, I had a little setback, so I wrote an, a, a blog article about what we're going to talk about later, about Take What You Need. And I finished the article, I was just about ready to hit publish, and guess what? It disappeared. It disappeared. It went all fragmented. Like half of the article was up there and I was, there was part of Andrew that was like, man, this is a real bummer. I've worked on this all day and this is ready to go, you know, like, and then suddenly it's not there anymore mm-hmm. in its full form. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I can pull this back together. And so instead of being negative, instead of going, you know, technology always wants to bite me in the butt when I need it the most. I said, maybe this is an opportunity to fine tune and rethink some of mm. the thoughts and and try again. So fortunately, I was able to take maybe 50% of what was saved and go back and kind of spend another 30, 45 minutes and kind of think about those topics a little deeper and then be able to finish and publish it without... <laughs> any more technical difficulties. But instead of being upset about it, took the opportunity to go, okay, maybe this is a sign that it wasn't 100% and ready for publish, and I'm going to take an opportunity. So, see? Growth is possible. Sometimes you go backwards to go forwards. (laughs) I'm proud of you, Andrew. I'm really proud of you. It's been a tumultuous 24 hours. (laughs) I can tell. I can tell. Yeah. Um, you know, that's where our, the work that we do on our spiritual selves allows us in those real time moments when, um, anger, frustration comes in and putting the work in allows us to say, Oh wait, this feeling isn't good. How do I stop it? Let's stop Mm -hmm. it and pull back a little bit. And that the ability to pull back sooner than later in those moments is you know, exactly. the value of the work we're putting in. Exactly. So being in that moment and like, instead of just being upset, like, okay, mm-hmm. let's have some fun with this. I think that's what I want to talk about today. So why don't we take a quick break, come back. We're going to talk about the idea of taking what you need. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you think on that for a minute. You got your thinking cap on? <laughs> 
Is that what that is? Yeah, it's, I just made the thinking phase, didn't I? Uh, I get those confused sometimes. <laughs> Back shortly. Take what you need. Um, thinking about that phrase in a spiritual context, uh, I was down in New Orleans for a while um, at the end of November through December, and um, the community is pretty tight down there in the, in the part of town I was living in. And I see people would, uh, you know, bring out things to the street, um, you know, whether it be Tupperware, clothes, you know, household goods, whatever they need. And they'd leave a box out there and there'd be a sign on it that said, take what you need, you know? Um, and I kind of respected that. And I kind of thought about that from a spiritual standpoint. Like, um, if that box was filled with compassion and gratitude and healing and forgiveness, would we be as um, quick to reach into that box and grab those things as, as we would maybe a you know, a, a glass mason jar or, a, a you know, a pair of socks. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because if I walked by those boxes later in the day, they'd be mostly empty, you know, and people just literally taking what they need. So if we filled those boxes up with all of those things that I'm talking about, um, would we reach in and grab what we need? And I think you and I had, had a conversation um, not too dissimilar from that and like people come up to you and say hey I need to listen to the podcast because fill in the blank and your question was why don't they why don't they yeah I um connections in my life know that you know this podcast's out here and maybe they're just apprehensive to listen because they don't like the sound of my voice I don't know but I often get in my circle of of connections I really need your podcast. Or I need to listen to your podcast. And they say it in a way that is kind of, you know, stressed out or distraught, whatever's going on in their life. And, um, yeah, I, I came back to you just wondering, you know, why, why don't they? Why don't people take what they need? Well, I think there's a couple, probably a couple things. Um, fear of maybe they'll find what they need and they'll recognize that they've been missing it. And like, what took me so long? Um, the idea of maybe guilt, like mm-hmm. who am I to take compassion from the box? Who am I to be compassionate to myself, right? I feel guilty about taking that. Um, maybe some elements of regret, like why didn't I take the time to heal earlier in my life mm-hmm. from a traumatic experience or whatever? Uh, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, uh, inhibit someone from from doing the good things they need to do for themselves, and um, we're all kind of probably guilty of it. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I was thinking that it takes work, mm. and we're like either in this environment we're either overworked already, our schedule schedules are so packed that adding in something, whether it is um, a self care resource or tool just seems like so much more work to go after when we're already maxed out. Well, so yeah, that piggybacks on the idea of like guilt, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to go take my kids to soccer practice. I don't, I'm, you know, like if I, if I sit around and do a self-care thing, I'm taking away something from somebody else and I'm feel guilty about yeah. that. <laughs> that. That is the mother's mindset. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Or fear that if I enter into something, I'm going to, I'm going to fail at it. You know, if I if I decide to take on the self care thing of meditating, 
Oh, and I, I fail at that. Somebody we, we talked we've talked about it countless times on this podcast is like, oh, I, I want to get good at meditation. You know, who, who's who's setting the barometer for what's good and bad when yeah. you meditate? Right. So if you go in with that, you're going to to the sphere of failure, right? And then maybe that idea you get a fear of what you might find. Like you might find some peace of mind. You might find some. Uh, some contentment that you didn't know existed, mm-hmm. and that would be different than what you currently, the environment that you're currently in. So that's tricky. Um, but thinking about taking what you need and understanding that that box is full of all those things and it's right in front of us, each one of us, all we have to do is reach into that box and grab what we need. Mm-hmm. And thinking about what we need from that box, we need to identify what we have now and appreciate it. Um, you know, looking at our own lives, uh, the people that we surround ourselves with, appreciating that, appreciating that on a cold day like today that we that we have a warm coat or a warm sweater to wear, um, that we go home to a warm house. Um, you know, it's not always tangible things, but those things that we can stop and go, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. grateful for this. And then we can come, once we find those things, then we can look at what else do I need to fill up my cup? Yeah. Is it compassion? Is it healing? Is it friendship? Is it love? Is it whatever that mm-hmm. is for you? Um, so once we find those, like, those connections to those what I would call daily appreciations, those things that we might take for granted in our day-to-day life. Do you have anything in your life that you take for granted every day? Oh, man, every day, yeah. My... Uh to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, my uh, upstairs where my bedrooms are, the HVAC has gone out and I am too cheap to pay the money to replace it. So every time I go upstairs, which is not just the bedrooms, but also the laundry, it's about eight degrees cooler than the rest of the house, Mm -hmm. which is pretty, pretty cold for me. And um, just the simple thing of being able to have, you know, a working HVAC system and, you know, being, being warm. I have realized I really took it for granted. So um, I've allowed myself to be in that colder space, that colder part of my house, because it allows me to appreciate it a little bit better. And and that's just one simple thing in my life. The idea that we can get up every day and know that there's some sort of security where we are, right? That we don't have to be concerned about... You know, somebody taking the things that we have. I mean, those are things that we all take for granted every, every day. Right? Yeah. Yeah, every day. Yeah, um, a lot of us do. So once we realize um, we have all these things in our life that we should be grateful for, then we need to continue that journey with uh, with that. And then from there, we can start to really find some abundance in our in our spiritual journey. And mm-hmm. um, in that, one of those ways is is being present. We talk about that all the time. Be here now. And on many episodes in the past, we've talked about a good way to kind of uh, train ourselves to be present in in, in the moment is to, um, you know, turn off all the external, external stimuli in our lives. For me, one of the big things is I, when I eat my meals, I do not do it with a TV on. I do not do it with a, a, a phone in my hand. I do not do it with any sort of external stimuli other than maybe the people around me, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. Like, let's, let's, I think, you know, having 
having conversations, uh, community over meals is important. So important. But mm-hmm. if you can't have that and you decide to eat by yourself. Equally important. Like turn off the phone, put it away, and take a moment to enjoy what you have in front of you. Like take a second. What am I eating? Even if it's a, in a bland bowl of oatmeal, like take a moment and go, what is this, what is, what's the texture here? What's mm-hmm. this taste like? How does this make me feel? All of those things. That's being present. When we go in the woods, I don't put any earbuds in and I don't, you know, I'm out there to, to, to absorb all the nature has to offer me. The sounds, the sights, the smells. All of it. And that's about being present. And if we continue to train ourselves like that, it becomes easier. It's so hard because it, it is against everything in our society right now to not be multitasking yeah. in order to be successful and productive. Uh, yeah, I'm not productive if you, I'm not doing eight things at just once. Just eating dinner? That's literally all you're doing right, right. now. <laughs> I mean that's a big that's a that's a hard rule in my house. Like yeah, you know, all of us have busy schedules. If you come out of your office and you're like, Oh, I got fifteen minutes to eat lunch then we're not checking emails and we're not running back and forth and doing, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to sit and eat lunch. Like those are things that are important. <clears throat> and we've got to, we've got to take back that time for ourselves. So yeah. being in the present moment is, is one of the first things we need to work on. I think it, it's, it makes it easy when you think about it and something that you do every day, whether it's getting dressed, brushing your teeth, eating a meal, you know, you know, at least once a day you're going to sit down and have a meal or you should. Right. Um, Sometimes more or less, but if you tell yourself every day at that time is just blocked off from everything else but doing what I'm doing, that's starting small. That's what starting small looks like. Yeah, and then just enjoying that moment and going, okay, this is pretty good. You know, I, I'm okay here. Mm-hmm. And then you can build from there. So connecting to present moment, present moment is where everything exists. End of story. Moving on, it's second, one of the second things we can work on is um, less material items in our world. Uh, I know that seems counter to this world that we live in where I've got to go to Costco and buy the gross of toilet paper and the largest bag of potato chips, <laughs> and I don't have a house I can actually fit all of these things that I've just bought. Get a storage unit. Right, get a storage unit, <laughs> but I got a great deal on toilet paper. It's so hard, you know, to... To exist, it's, you know, as a family of five, um, to not feel like all the space needs to be full of, you know, the pantry is full and the linen closet is full and the cabinets under in the bathroom are full. It's hard not to think like But that. really all we're doing is hiding that stuff away, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So if we brought all that out, out into the open, how would, our, how would our lives be? Yeah. They'd be chaotic. So... If that's an example of what's really going on in our minds, which is most likely the case, right? A lot of us are so busy, so stimulated back to your point of like everything going on all the time. Like, how do I, how can I manage that in my mind? There's no cupboards. Where do I hide that in my brain? Like mm-hmm. in my mind, do I, do I hide it in the cupboards and the floorboards <laughs> and in the attic? Where does it go? So when we go to sit down, let's say, because that's the next thing we're going to get to is like, trying to sit in meditation, my mind is so cluttered with all this garbage with gross amounts of toilet paper and, you know, five gallon jars of peanut butter and 
potato chips. I feel attacked right now with the peanut butter. I love peanut butter. Don't get me wrong, but you, you know, if we're if our external world is covered in stuff mm. that makes our internal world, our our connection with ourselves, that much more cluttered. Yeah. And so, from this idea of simple living is to get rid of the things that you don't need and enjoy the things that you do have that are that are sacred to you that are make you happy to bring you joy this is so hard this is really you know i think we've covered this before that both of us were raised very differently but we grew into an adulthood of knowing that um what we have may not always be here or you know mm-hmm. like Growing up with not having a lot of stuff and no, you know, I don't know, just something about being an adult. It was like, of course I would buy the excess so that it's conveniently always there. And it's really hard to shift that mindset of, you know, convenience is clutter in a lot of ways. It's just. Yeah, I I understand the, the idea of the convenience part. Um uh, I was raised in a world where it was like, um, if you're having a bad day, retail therapy mm. is the cure of all things. And, um, you know, my mother was a great shopper of things and a great keeper of things. And we lived in a big house and there was plenty of rooms to hide to those things. But for what purpose? Because it was only a short term, you know, pleasurable experience to, to buy the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um so as as I grew into uh, an adult man, and I know that's difficult to imagine, <laughs> I was all about minimalist. And this idea that if I needed to move tomorrow, I could put everything I need to move into my car and be, be in the wind. I know mm-hmm. that sounds crazy, but it made it simpler for myself in my life that I wasn't holding on to a bunch of stuff. Right? Yeah. I can't fit a lot of jars of peanut butter in my car. If they're five gallon jugs, I can fit one small one, you know, like a 16 ouncer or whatever it is. But I mean, as much as I enjoy peanut butter. It's the knowledge that wherever you're going, there will be more peanut butter. Well, we like to believe that. I hope. hope. (laughs) There's a copious amount of peanut butter wherever (laughs) one goes. So if we cut away those things that we don't need from our life, that we find just to be distracting and, um, physical and mental clutter, then we can start to work on the silencing of the mind. Mm-hmm. That's one of my uh, key uh, aspirations this year is um, working on some of the, the clutter, the physical clutter in my life. Yeah. Getting rid of those things. Yeah. So do you, you find the connection, though, between like the physical clutter and mental clutter? Absolutely. As a... As a person who suffers from ADHD, I know that I'm at my most focused and um, most productive, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like when the clutter is at a minimum. And to me, the clutter is, you know, whether it's piles of laundry piled up or, you know, the stack of books on my dining room waiting to go to Goodwill. Once that's off my plate and I can physically see a clean, minimal space the more I can really dive into whatever the task is at hand. But you're making, in, in the process, you're, you're making space for something else, right? Let's say, mm-hmm. you know, let's say you had a great piece of art. Let's say you had 
a Monet hanging on your wall at your house, but you'd gone out and you'd bought all this other crap and you're hanging it and stacking it all through your house, you can no longer walk into the house and appreciate the Monet that hangs on the wall mm-hmm. because there's so much other stuff in the way. There's so much other stimuli. And then once you clean all that other junk out, you see the painting on the wall and you can appreciate it. You can find a, a real deep connection to it. Yeah. But we, we decide we need to fill our lives up with stuff that we don't need mm. because we feel secure in that maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it brings that's just temporary fix. Yeah. Happiness. So, so kind of there's that physical thing and then that turns into, you know, our, our mental uh, practice of sitting in meditation, being still and managing that mental clutter that we have in our brains, yeah. in our minds and going, how do I get, how do I handle this? Mm. So I think in my experience, it starts externally and turns internally. I agree with that. Um, all right. And then we start to move from there to kind of more along those same lines of non-attachment. So when we go through those things, what are we holding on to that we probably don't really need? Yeah. Is that relationships? I mean, I had a, an experience with a friend of mine recently um, where I had to say some things to kind of set some boundaries with them and they weren't happy. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, I can't be friends with you anymore. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. But, you know, if I didn't set the boundaries, then what? Then where do we go, right? Yeah. So creating those spaces where I'm not attached to it. I'm, you know, there's part of me that's sad that I've lost a friend, but I feel okay because it was, it was on the right terms. We're saying I needed to say what I need to say, set the boundaries. Uh, I heard what their response was. And I basically yeah. said, we can agree to disagree, but, you know, and then they yeah. made the choice to end the terminate the friendship. I okay. think that's important when you're setting boundaries with the humans that you have to be okay with the outcome of their response. And that's the importance of setting the boundary is letting them choose if they want to continue being in your life. You know. It's, they're 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 entitled to their opinion and their take on it as 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 we both are to whatever mm-hmm. however we want to handle it, um, and that's part of being a friendship. That's part of having a relationship with yeah. somebody, but not becoming attached to it, right? So it's like I said, as much as I'm upset about it and sad about it, I'm not like oh man, the world's ending. Yeah, right. I can still look at the friendship and find it uh, in the past still be fulfilling. Uh, you know being um, helpful along my journey. And that's kind of what we need to look about all things in our life, whether it be physical, emotional, uh, relationships that we have with uh, other people. It's like understanding their place in our lives, Mm -hmm. um, being grateful for them, but not holding on to them so tightly that that they feel like they're the only thing in our lives. Yeah. So we could do a whole episode on that one. Have we not? And 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 another way to kind of cultivate this idea of 
you know, these daily appreciations is finding beauty in the ordinary. And what do you mean by that? I think it's a lot along the lines of, so if we go back to the eating lunch thing, you know, without distraction, that offers us the opportunity to see something, to take, to see something in something what we find mundane um, and and maybe boring, like a ham sandwich. Okay, there's something beautiful there, right? It, the taste is good, mm-hmm. but we can only find that when we're not distracted. If I'm inhaling a ham sandwich while watching TV and listening to some music and reading checking the newspaper, checking yeah. my email, <laughs> like I don't take the opportunity to, to actually enjoy the ham sandwich. Yeah. I mean, I know that's like, like a horrible example, but no. not everything has to be some great epiphany, right? Yeah. There's going to be, you can find beauty in a ham sandwich. I was thinking about that um, recently, you know, being grateful at the same time um, in meditation. So I've had this giant pile of towels in my room. I call it the towel tree. And it's the one that I passive aggressively have refused to fold for about a month and a half. I'll wash them. I'll dry them. And I will put them on the tree. I don't really want to know. <laughs> I don't really. How big is this tree? <laughs> it's um, taller than me and I'm like five, five and a half. So they were just taking towels off the tree? Is that the way it gets done That's now? what they were doing. <laughs> That's exactly what they were doing. Um, I love the people I live with. I mean, this was the kitchen, the kitchen towels, bath towels, you know, all the above. I mean, why fold them if they're going to get, right. Right. And why do I have so many towels? Anyways? Yeah. That's for, that's for another episode. That's for another day. So the passive aggressive Jen would just, you know, passive aggressively throw the towels on top of the tree and the bottom hadn't been used in a month and a half. That's fine. <laughs> whatever. I'm not angry about it anymore. Um, Obviously. So last week I, I sat down in my cold upstairs because it was, uh, you know, the HVAC is out. And I I just folded the towels. I, I There was a this freedom in letting go of that irritable side of me that no one was helping me fold the towels. And in a meditative state, I, you know, spent 30, 40 minutes folding and putting away all the towels in the house. And um, there was just just a clarity of one getting the the tree, towel tree out of my bedroom and doing this task and just letting it go and not attaching it to it's your job and your job to help me. You know, it's just it was a job that had to be done. And I did it at the end of the day. um who was the towel tree really bothering? <laughs> Only me. Only you. Only me. So you would you would attach <laughs> this like this whole thing, right? You know, you guys. But I don't know what that narrative is. I can. I, I'll just. There, there was no narrative. It was just. A <laughs> <laughs> you disres- disrespecting me. You don't. You don't care about this. I'm out there busting my butt. You it's know, your at least turn you can do, to do the towels. Yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, I did this last week. Yeah, you know, like you don't. <laughs> I love you, Blake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't. <laughs> I did the towels. I was trying to help you, Blake. <laughs> Just fold the damn towels. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but you're the only one that was upset about this. 
I, for a month and a half, no one said a thing about my towel tree. So you were the only one that was upset. <laughs> yes. You were. This thing had become its own living being because Absolutely. it was. It went from a towel to a towel tree. Uh-huh. So how long had that grown and festered in your mind? Oh my gosh, so long. Because one day I just snapped and I was like, I'm not doing them anymore. Let's see how long this will last. So I'm going ta- to take a bigger bite on this. Um, would, would you find that the, the accumulation of clean towels that became the towel tree was uh, a symbol of something else in your life? You don't have to answer that now. Maybe that's a, that's a thinking, one to come back to. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think the symbol is just tired of doing laundry. <laughs> I mean, that could be as simple as that too. It could be as simple as that yeah. too, right? But is it is it a does it does it point to something else that's going on in Gen World? There's always a well, lot because we all have these things. Yeah, yeah, we all have these things. Yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I think it's it's the I'm overworked. I'm overstimulated. I've got so much on my plate. Let's. You know, someone take it off my plate. And instead of asking, will you just fold Well, why the- didn't you? It's okay. Yeah. Thank you. Perfect. Take what you need. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take what you need would be asking, hey, Ask I need some help raising my hand and finding a way, a healthy way to say, hey, can a, can a sister get some help up <laughs> in here? My passive aggressive uh, towel tree experiment was, was a it, failure. Was it, it did not um, work. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So maybe invest in a neon sign that says, can I get Bold some help? The towels. I mean, get an arrow to point to. <laughs> so taking what you need sometimes is asking for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? So all of this work that we've been doing, all of this being in the present moment and you know, sitting in silence and cleaning our minds and cleaning our physical spaces and taking a moment to appreciate fine beauty in the towel tree is so that we can say, hey, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. And when I reach into the box, maybe it is help. Yeah. Maybe it is understanding. And you're fortunate. That's one of those things, those daily appreciations is that you're fortunate to have a partner in your life that you could go say that to and be safe. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so when you reach into that box and you go back to your partner in life and say, hey, partner in life, I need some help because the towel tree is is becoming so massive that one day we'll have to move out of the house because there will be no room for us to live here because there will be more towel tree than... I almost put Christmas lights on the towel tree. <laughs> then I was like, then I'm going to have to remove them. <laughs> that would have been some top shelf, passive aggressive. Yeah. But my stubbornness was, you know, knew that I would ultimately be responsible for packing away those lights too. So. <laughs> I'm actually surprised the towel tree didn't make it onto the bed or obstruct the path to the bed. closet? <laughs> yeah, it was there for a while. <laughs> yeah, or in front of the vanities. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, uh, I mean, there's plenty of ways. It to, was there. There's yeah. plenty of ways you could have played that. I, I played them all. I mean, the, the tree was mobile. Oh, wow. It was on wheels. Yeah. Okay. So, again. Um, but, you know, that's just a real life it's a example of kind of the things we do where, I mean, this this went on for almost two months. When I could have just taken the time to do it no. and not let it. Or you could have just asked. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is you could have just asked. Yeah. Um, and this is, uh, you I'm know. probably sure I did ask, but whatever. <laughs> I probably asked just like that too. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Okay. But that's what we're here to talk about. Amen. It's not about perfection. This this idea of like, we've all got it figured out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're human beings living in this material world, trying to be spiritual at the same time. And, you know, we're also in relationships with other people who you know, are not living in a spiritual world, right? They're yeah. living in the material world, and they're sometimes we're we're disconnected from that in that in that respect. Mm-hmm. So while we're having these conversations, it is to enlighten ourselves and others that are listening to go, okay, so maybe if I had just said, <laughs> hey, maybe I don't know what that is. I always, I always find when you're sending something, trying to like get a profound thought across, send a fudgy the whale cake that mm-hmm. says, hey, could you help me out? No? What is fudgy the whale? You don't want a fudgy the whale no. cake? It's is like, it chocolate? It's is like that... an ice cream cake. Oh. You've never seen a fudgy the whale cake? Where, do you, where does one find one of these? I'm not giving You've never out. sent me a fudgy the whale cake. <laughs> no, I'm disappointed. <laughs> We're not that close. <laughs> so boundaries. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jen, you didn't know that you're the friend that I have said. <laughs> this is the boundary. Um, okay, we can edit out the fudgy the way. Okay, okay that was a joke. But finding a way to communicate that to yeah. whomever it is and say, this is, this is what I need. So recapping. The box is in front of you. It's full of everything that you need. Yeah. It's in front of every one of us all the time. We just need to take the moment to appreciate what we have, decide what's in that box that can help us along our way, and reach in and grab it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of what's in there. Yeah. It's so important to recognize that you have what you need already. Yeah. These, this box of, of things that you possibly need, the compassion, the patience, the support, the help, it's there. It's there. It's not, it's not existing somewhere else that you have to go find. It's here in this box in front of you, this imaginary box that you can hold. Yeah. And all of those things reside in us. All we just need to do is put them in there and you know, reach in the box and grab a hold of them, put them inside of us, reconnect to those things, and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. So, what are you reaching in the box for today? Thanks for listening to No Expectations, the podcast. We invite you to come join us and carry on the conversation at noexpectations.me, our new website, where we will be posting blog posts. We will link all of our episodes there and you can uh, follow us on our social media sites through the website.